Hello, I'm James Dennis Stringer. English history has always been a mainstay of popular cinema, but nothing has captivated audiences like English royalty. From vintage classics like The Private Lives of Elizabeth and Essex, Beckett and The Lion in Winter, to contemporaries like Mrs. Brown, The Young Victoria, and The Queen, the best of them go above and beyond to make history seem real to the audience and make it more than a textbook on the screen. One such film that has never truly been given its proper dues is a 1969 classic, Anne of the Thousand Days. Based on the play by Maxwell Anderson, the film is a heavy, pulsating political thriller of the lives of Anne Boleyn and King Henry VIII and all that happened between and because of them. The former was a girl not even eighteen, engaged to a boy her age. The latter was the aging sovereign, disgusted that his wife, Catherine of Aragon, could not produce a living son. Anne catches the carnal eye of the king, and, with the help of Cardinal Wolsey, the erstwhile papal representative, her engagement is null and void, and what follows is equally about lust for power as it is the joys of the flesh. The play on which this is based showed on Broadway in 1949, but it, as in history, has frank discussions of all manner of things the puritanical production code in Hollywood would find objectionable. Almost twenty years later, the code was abolished and the film was makeable. Producer Hal Wallace, an independent titan of Hollywood, bought the rights and made his picks. His stars had to be English, with one obvious exception. As Anne Boleyn was educated in the French court, he needed such an actress, and he found one in the French-Canadian Genevieve Bourgeold, making her debut in English-language cinema. She plays Anne to perfection, going from coquettish to heartbroken to powerful at the drop of a hat. She becomes a dramatic star before your eyes, and all in a language not her first totally worthy of the Oscar nomination she got and should have won. Her co-star, Richard Burton, playing Henry to a T, hated her guts, according to his diaries. Whatever the reason, this only helped his portrayal of this lusty king, trying to make a life and disciple of a woman who can barely tolerate him at the first, and despises him more than he or she can bear by the end. Apparently, he also hated his performance in the film and the film itself, and was gobsmacked when he also received an Oscar nod. More on that later. Antony Quayle, a vastly underrated treasure of English actors, plays Cardinal Wolsey with a far different affect than other portrayals before him. Sure, he's complicit in the scheme to tear Anne from her intended, but he doesn't do it gladly or maliciously. Rather, there's a trace of reluctance to his loyalty to the king, growing to full refusal when Henry wants to divorce his wife. By the end of his last scene, he's oddly pitiable, but not pathetic. The film was well-received by audiences, one of the more popular movies in the UK, and was chosen for the Royal Command Film Performance of 1970, but received mixed reviews from critics, which led distributor Universal Pictures to embark on a feckless Oscar campaign, including serving champagne and filet mignon to Academy voters following each screening. Such practices have since been forbidden by the Academy, but regardless, ten nominations were practically bought for it, winning one solely for Best Costume Design. What a shame this became the film's legacy, because it could stand on its own two feet, as evidenced when John Wayne won Best Actor that night for True Grit. After his speech, he made his way backstage, and on meeting his fellow nominees, he thrust his Oscar at Richard Burton, telling him, You should have this, not me! Words that Burton and all involved could take to the bank. I hope you, like me, enjoy Anne of the Thousand Days. Anne of the Thousand Days is available on DVD from Universal Pictures, and on Blu-ray from Twilight Time in the U.S., and Final Cut Entertainment in the U.K.